plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Star Style Party today because, hey, it's Valentine's. Well, it's Valentine's tomorrow, but this is our Valentine's show. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to the informational playground of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airways under the S species of Be the Star You Are, 501c3 charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and with me a little bit later will be Heather Brittany. I'm always happy to have her on the show, and we're going to be talking about calling Cupid, everything romantic and and uh, mythology, uh, mythology, history, all those good things. So you can uh, tune up the volume and enjoy yourself and just get ready for a day of love for tomorrow. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. And we want you to go to Be The Star You Are. Uh, Be The Star You Are.org is actually the, um, the website that we want you to go to. Because there you can make a donation. And hopefully what you'll want to do is to help us with uh, our programming and with our outreach programs and to continue to keep us on the air so if you like what we bring you every week here as well as on um, express yourself teen radio that airs on sundays at 3 p.m we hope that you will take a moment and make a donation to be the star you are again it is be the star you are dot org be the star you are dot org So the miracle moment for today is from Be The Star You Are. And what we want to say is to be the best self, your only self. Everyone else is taken. So we're going to talk about eating today. I mean, how many times have you tried to go on um, on a diet? And the thing is that you you kind of gain weight, you lose weight, you really have a hard time with dieting and all kinds of things. You go on a protein diet, and then you go on a low-carb diet, and then you go on a low-sugar diet, and then, you know, it is no gluten. And the bottom line is you kind of just roller coaster up and down on a continuous basis. And then you'll have cravings, and then you, then you have a lot of guilt. So we really don't want that to happen for you. And there's been a lot of studies going on about intuitive eating. It's not a new thing. It was actually coined back in 1995 by uh, two um, and But, you know, I guess it kind of got lost in the shuffle of all good things because there's always so much around diets and there's always these diets, diet craves, low-fat versus low-carb, etc., but what new um, the intuitive eating is coming back, and 
what it is um, talking about. It is the joy of food. So it's a shift that's due in part to the fact that when you diet, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, that it isn't giving you any results because it you are you might you, uh, lose some weight for a short amount of time, but then you get it back. And of course, we know that Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and you're probably going to get candy or chocolate cake or something like that. And what is intuitive uh, eating all about is go ahead and enjoy it, because. Diets are effective only in the short term and not in the long term. And so the secret is is to enjoy your food, to eat what you want when you want it, and then to eat it in moderation. You want to give yourself permission to eat foods that satisfy you. And that's one of the main keys of intuitive eating. If you crave a donut, have a donut. And if you're still hungry after a full meal, Well, then eat something else. And if you've ever been on a diet, which I think almost everybody has, at least 60 to 70 percent of girls report trying to lose weight before they even graduate high school. And I know I was I was one of those, too, even though when I look back at pictures, I was like a skinny mini. So um, it probably sounds insane to eat what you want when when you want it. But what you're doing is you are going to eliminate the cravings. When someone tells you that you can have more of something, it usually means that you were feeling deprived before. And would you really eat cake all day long just because you could? You probably wouldn't. You'd probably just have a bite or two. So how does food make you feel? If uh, if you are feeling good after you're eating, that means that that you are doing some intuitive eating. If you're getting a headache after you eat, well, then maybe you're not doing something correct, correctly. So you want to feel physically healthy after you eat. You want to feel good. You want to feel sustained. And by taking that into account, you're going to make food choices that are based on your experiences because there really is no right or wrong. You just need to know that you get to feel the way that you deserve to feel, which should be you feeling good. So the key is to choose nourishment, not guilt. Intuitive eating experts will talk a lot about gentle nutrition, which is about making food choices that honor your health and they make you feel happy. Uh, I know it probably sounds vague. Um, It sounds, uh, you know, ambiguous, um, but it's really intentional because you want to have well-meaning nutrition guidance, but without the word diet in it. Again, diet, it has that word die, and how many people do you know that have maintained a diet for life? It just usually doesn't happen. So how do you redefine your success? You're probably not going to wake up in the morning and crave broccoli, but that's okay. There are days that you want to have a salad, and there's days that you want something maybe more substantial. You could be disappointed if you don't lose weight right away, but maybe you're not going to gain weight either. So, you you know, you have to get over that reinforcement idea of people saying, oh, wow, you look so amazing. How much weight have you lost? That's not what your goal should be. Your goal should be feeling good. So what's appealing about intuitive eating is that you are in charge of your body. It puts you front and center, and nobody can be the boss of you. 
So no one can possibly know what you are feeling or what satisfies you, and only you can know that. And there isn't a diet out there that's going to tell you that. So success with intuitive eating is going to look different for every single person. You're no longer anxious about food or your body. You can eat when you're hungry. You stop when you're full. And then you've got to cope with your feelings without using food as a crutch. So focus on health without that cycle of guilt and without the shame. The longer you've been dieting, the longer it's going to take you to get to that point to want to do some intuitive eating. Because maybe you thought you were hungry at breakfast and then when you thought about it, you thought, oh, I just had enough to eat and I don't want to have any more. And then you'll eat a snack and maybe you'll eat something a little bit bigger later on. The idea is is just to listen to your body and not to get caught up with all of these triggers of should have, could have, would have. So you might lose some weight with intuitive eating, but that's not necessarily what the goal is. Again, people who have a history of dieting and severe restricting might actually gain a little bit of weight when they start giving their body what it needs. But most people are going to find that when they stop counting calories and they start eating in a balanced way that feels right, their weight is going to be constant. And that's more what you're looking for. You're looking for that relationship with food to change dramatically and not to have guilt associated with eating. So you're going to enjoy your food because food is energy and it should be pleasurable. And when you're able to relax around food, it will be enjoyable. And it's a way to honor traditions and to bond with friends and to celebrate. And you'll just have more peace and find that you're not spending your life fighting against your body because really there's so many more important things that are worth fighting for. So these are some ideas on how to reject the diet mentality um, and just kind of embrace the intuitive eating experts. So these are going to help you. First of all, listen to your hunger. You have to tune into your body to know how to nourish it. So give it enough energy to fuel your day and then learn to recognize when you are comfortably full. Second is to respect your body. Think of your body like your best friend. And would you berate your best friend for having a cinnamon bun? I don't think so. The goal is to accept your unique body. Treat it kindly. Easier said than done, I know. But if you, uh, if you really think about it and you do the math about, about how many disparaging remarks you say to yourself every day, It's probably in the millions when you start counting them up. So give yourself time to undo what you've conditionally and constantly been doing to yourself and compliment your body and say nice things. And then kiss off the food police. I mean, stop labeling foods as good or bad. Our bodies react to that restriction with cravings and then with overeating. And just focus on satisfaction. So mindful eating is intuitive eating. Be present when you're putting anything in your mouth. It's important. And intuitive eating goes beyond that. So without thinking about how certain foods are going to make you feel, eating whatever you want whenever you want is not going to be a satisfying experience. Intuitive eating is about being in tune with those feelings and making decisions based on that, not on what others are telling you. So Yes, you'll be eating what your body needs, and you'll be eating in moderate portions. So I hope that will help you to um, 
to eat without guilt and love what you eat and to really uh, enjoy intuitive eating. When we come back from break, it's everything about uh, Valentine's Day. So you stay with us. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany will be back with us when we come with Cupid Calling. Don't go away, and during the break, please do visit bethestarur.org. Check it out, and instead of flowers or chocolates, how about making a donation um, in honor of your loved one and give that to them? I mean, that is kind of the best gift, to make a donation and let people know that you care about causes and them. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Be right back. Don't go away. Be the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, we are back, and calling out to me is Cupid. So Heather Brittany is joining me for this segment of our Valentine's show. Hi, Heather. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, and happy Valentine's Day. Well, a lot of people wonder where Cupid came from and why he is associated with Valentine's Day. So I had to look into it a little bit, and I know we're going to talk about it because Cupid has long played a role in celebrations of love and lovers, and he's known as a mischievous winged child whose arrows would pierce the hearts of his victims, causing them to fall deeply in love. So in ancient Greece, he was known as Eros, E-R-O-S, and he was the young son of Aphrodite. So we know who Aphrodite was. She was the goddess of love. In Roman, in the Romans, he was Cupid, and his mother was Venus. So if you have a lot of love in your 
in your life. You have either Aphrodite and Venus, you know, the planets in your circle. And then Cupid is going to be all around you. So do you know any of Legends of Cupid or do you want me to tell well, you a know, couple? It's interesting that you had said, I was just going to say, it's like all things in life, there are many different variations in folklores and depending on what region it's coming from, names have the names have been changed to protect the innocent. But just right. you mentioned that um, that in Greek mythology that um, that Cupid um, is the uh, child of Mars and Venus, and also again with that stars alignment, you see then being the perfect thing in between is Earth is us, um, and how um, actually how this whole Valentine's thing began as a pagan. And then it becomes how Christianity, they want to take over everything. So instead of it being this child, this, like, young, broad man, they turned it into this cute, chubby little baby. Um, but with the interesting uh, kind of the taking the two from from the love and of the, the war, the, like the goddess of love and the god of war, um, that Cupid shoots these arrows, and he has two different arrows. I mean, he would have one arrow representing love that, you know, would shoot the heart of someone instantly, and they'd fall in love with that person. But at the same time, you need another arrow representing, you know, the arrow of war, of anger, that if you shot that at someone, that they would detest someone. They would, they would hate someone. They'd war against them. So kind of showing the, the two different magnitudes of that. And my favorite thing of thus um, exploring kind of the whole Valentine's uh, thing is, uh, to, and who's, you know, as they said, there's been many... Um, uh, what's the thing for it? Not sainthood. There's, there's actually been a few people, a few Saint Valentines, um, but the best one is that you'll probably get to the whole thing about the of uh, what begins into some of the traditions that we have today about there being uh, Saint Valentine or Bishop Valentine, as he was known then. And I believe uh, that the ruler at the time was Claudius, and he was this really, like, intense ruler, kind of an, uh, an interesting thing of going with. He was very much ruled by the god of, of uh, Mars, of war, that he was such, um, such a ruler, so intense um, with these battles, that eventually he made marriage um, outlawed so that none of his men um, would be distracted by this. And um, Bishop Valentine allegedly just thought this was so wrong because all these young lovers, you know, these people are going off to war, never to be seen again. So he continued to marry people and sort of like that Romeo and Juliet, eventually this Claudius guy caught on, thought, yo, that's not cool, put him into jail. And uh, as gratitude, all these young lovers that had been married by this guy began, and now here's the things you hear, various kind of stories with this, but all these young lovers would come and they'd bring him these flowers and, and notes and saying, you know, thank you, we love you, you know, thank you, sharing that. And during this time, too, uh, there was a young woman that happened just to be, I believe, either the judge or Clarice's daughter, so that Valentine fell in love with. And on the day of his execution, which coincidentally, as they say, is February 14th. Very 14th. We celebrate his, and so celebrating his death, we celebrate that the love he created, as that's why we love each other, um, that he signed it, love your Valentine. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, that 
And that's and it's actually kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> it's no, I mean, very dark rooting with it. I, I think it's it's kind of interesting. I think if you look at any um, really commercialized holiday, and I say that in the way that things have these religious or pagan, you know, or I, you know, I hate saying pagan. They have these non-religious roots to them, um, but eventually been taken over. Um, and then eventually they kind of come full circle and become these very commercialized things that they say uh, each year goes up and up, but um, that more than one billion Valentine's cards are sent. Uh, I think the latest statistics as of either 2016 or 17 is $18.4 billion are spent on various things. Uh, what? Cadbury, bill- Cadbury, chocolate Cadbury, which I always think of Easter, which again, I right, right. He was actually the OG of starting the chocolate heart box. Uh, I don't know, I think it was 1886 or something. But that's what it got officially going, this whole kind of commercialized thing. There's so many things that we do just because they, you know, they've eventually they've come these traditions. And, uh, I, you know, I, I will say personally, I have someone that I've always loved Valentine's Day, not because of the lovey part, but because of when I was a little kid. Uh, when we were, and I don't know how it is anymore in schools because it's been a very long time, and I know now there's so much um, restrictions and things, but um, when we were kids, that uh, Valentine's Day was like the week leading up to it, Everyone in each grade, it was, like, different, but everyone would make these. Uh, one day, you know, as an art, you know, quote in, in the air, art project in class, we'd make, like, our little um, Valentine mailboxes. And that uh, on whatever day, you know, it's fall, that everyone made a Valentine for everyone. And it was just that, like, you know, such a little thing. You got all these little cards, and, of course, only the ones that had candy were the best ones. And it was such, you know, a thing of something said, you know, love or like or from. And uh, I don't know. I always just love that kind of silly thing. And still, as an adult, I'm uh, actually, when I'm done with the show today, I'm decorating the house in all silliness. I love that little aspect of it. So do you still um, make, do you, do you make any handmade cards? Because that was always the, I think that was really the fun part always of, especially Valentine's was making, you know, the little hearts and putting them in lunch boxes or giving them to friends or any of that. I mean, do, yeah, do you well, still- I will say for my, for my coworkers, I'm saying I'm handmade, I'm writing on each of them. I definitely just bought a box of the, you know, for kids kind of thing, but they're very, they're, they're real kitschy. They have, you know, uh, I don't know, it's like some french fries and waffle. They, I forget, like, it's no waffle about you, or I, uh, I don't know, I forget. They're, they're all like just silly little things that it just absolutely made me giggle. Um, so I'm just kind of adding little stickers to that, but I am at making some homemade cookies and rice crispy treats to attach to them. But those are those little things like I like. It's silly. It isn't necessary, but it's it's fun for me. But I also I don't feel I I find it um, really fascinating too that uh, there is also this you know sort of backlash about that people feel. You know, why, you know, it, like, why should people be spending all this money or doing anything? Or they feel such the, a huge stress, you know, that you need to go over the top and do these amazing things. And uh, I would just say for myself now, there isn't a single thing I want. It's just, it's the things you do um, with, the, with the people you do them. It's, it's 
who you do it with, not what you do. You know, I I always think about that when I talk about with wine that you know it isn't the the wine you drink; it, it's who you drink it with. And uh, I think you know every day should be a day that we celebrate our loved ones as, as well as our lovers. Uh, but I think it is just like you know as, as a birthday is. I think it's just that one silly little day that we give an extra bit of attention just to say to people that we care, and and they can be in very platonic ways too. So I, I think it's just a real fun day. It is a it is a fun day, and you know what? It's, I think what makes it um, really fun is the fact that it's in February, which, at least here in the northern hemisphere, is February is usually cold and blustery, and in some places it's snowing or you know heavily raining. I mean, where I am in Northern California today, we are having a huge storm. I mean, there's flooding, there's nonstop rain in the Sierras. The roads are closed because of the it snow. It's crazy here too california we are getting that weather yeah so you're getting it in southern california so yeah that so we have and it's just it's really it's gray and cold and blustery so you know if there's just something nice about having a day in the middle of a blustery month that is to celebrate joy and happiness and love and friendship and all of that however there are you know there are people who have been um, either had a partner or or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and then in the last week or two weeks, they've broken up and their hearts are broken. I was talking to someone yesterday who had been with uh, her boyfriend for a couple of years, and she was all excited about Valentine's Day. And then on just a couple of days ago, he texted her and broke up with her, and I I just couldn't I just couldn't get over her. That, you know, that how can you, and I know this happens all the time, but how can you, after being with somebody for a couple of years at least, give not give them the courtesy of at least meeting face-to-face and especially to break up on, you know, right near Valentine's Day. So that just seemed... That just seems sad to me, although um, what it said to me, too, is it was probably for the best because you certainly yeah, were that kind of person. Yeah, that's what it said to me, too. <laughs> is that what you got, too? That's exactly what yeah, I said to her when, got, when this. Know, that's how he's going to, like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. You're, you're good without him. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly my thing, too, when she came and confided this to me and she was, you know, very upset. I was like, huh. I don't know. There's something about this that is saying that you're going to be the winner in all this. So I wouldn't worry about it. I think that he, he, you know, you probably dodged a bullet by getting out of this so quickly. So um, for anybody else who's out there that's going through this, just remember this too shall pass. And if you've gone through a breakup via text, that person was not worth being with because they do not know how to communicate. And communication is the key to every relationship. So just remember that. (laughs) Well, I have a little bit of trivia about Valentine's Day that you probably already know. um, But I thought this was was rather interesting because last week I wrote my garden article about roses and flowers. And as Mm -hmm. probably everybody knows, roses are the number one flower that are given on Valentine's Day. The average is, listen to this, 110 million roses. The majority are red, 
And those are delivered within a three-day period surrounding Valentine's Day. 110 million roses. Now, since it's February and roses, well, I has, I still have a couple blooming that I didn't prune back. But for the, for the most part, we do not have roses now in California. So they're coming from South America. So um, Wow. Is really big on growing roses. Venezuela is very big, and and so they they package them up and they get them up here, which is interesting. Now, in general, though, um, California produces sixty percent of American roses, but not uh, not around not around Valentine's Day, unless you're getting hot. You know, you could get hot house roses. Those are the ones that are. In bore, I mean, are are grown inside the green, greenhouse, like a, in a greenhouse. Yeah, a greenhouse in a greenhouse, exactly. So they don't ever; they're not outside. They're just kept warm all the time, so the temperature is constant. So they feel like mm-hmm. it's always summer, so they're constantly blooming. Now, here's a good one: fifteen percent of U.S. women send themselves flowers on Valentine's Day. <laughs> They send themselves flowers. Now, I don't think I would send myself flowers, but I would definitely go out and I would I would definitely consider buying a plant for myself to plant. You know, like maybe a bare root rose so that I would have roses for a long time because to me, when you cut flowers, you know, then you just have to make potpourri. Um, so now we'll go to the men. Well, this is probably a no-brainer. 73% of people who buy flowers on Valentine's are men. And only 27% of them are women. Now, I made a suggestion at the top of the hour, and I actually posted this on Facebook today, is that instead of buying chocolate or flowers, you know, make a donation to your favorite charity in the name of the person that you love. And now, of course, we'd love people to make it to be the star you are. And that's what I always tell my husband is don't get me anything. Just make a donation to be the star you are. And I will be so <laughs> happy because uh, other people need it more than I do. And I grow a lot of flowers. 100%. 100%. It is, you know, and it's a day of paying your love forward where nothing says I love you than helping others and sharing that across. You can still get a Valentine's Day card or make a card or whatever. And speaking of cards, one billion, billion with a B, Valentine's Day's cards are exchanged every year. It is the largest seasonal card sending occasion of the year next to Christmas. So Christmas is first. And then Valentine's. Did you say that you had, um, did you have a number of, how many dollars are spent on on Valentine's? Well, the most recent said uh, 18.4 million. Million with a B dollars. That was billion. Yeah, isn't that isn't that crazy? So of that $18.4 billion spent on Valentine's Day, probably at least a billion or, or uh, $5 billion of that are, are, are buying cards because, I mean, cards can be 4 or $5. So, well, you know, I think, it, go ahead. I think a fascinating thing of it, too, is, I mean, if we really put into perspective of any holidays when we think of, like, 50 million pumpkins were used yeah, for exactly. one day to have candles in them and then thrown away. And just as you think of how many 
trees are cut down every year for Christmas just to end up on the sidewalk and how much wrapping paper is used for wrapping paper for gifts and cards sent out and all these we really start to realize how big of a footprint um, we leave in these celebrational moments for these moments of destruction essentially. That brings me to something important. Um, on the positive side of that, I will give the United States credits for their garbage collection and for their recycle programs that they have and their composting programs because most households, most apartment buildings will have you know green bins, brown bins, and then garbage bins. And at least they are taken to the respective places uh, for the refuse. So they're either composted, they're recycled, or they're, they are, you know, buried and put into trash. I was just in India, and I was so appalled, Heather. This was the most, the most appalling thing to me was the garbage, the filth in India. I never saw one garbage can or trash bin except for in the hotels that were, you know, you had to stay in four or five star hotels in order probably to survive. But the sad thing to me, what you were just saying about how you got you have cards and you have trees and, and you have, you know, gifts and statues and wrapping paper. In India, if you're near a river, a canal, or the, the magnificent Ganges, Everything goes into the river, everything. So people just over the centuries have thrown all of their trash and all of their garbage into the rivers. So the rivers are so incredibly polluted now. And although the government is trying to do something about it, in a way they're kind of still encouraging it because um, there is a festival to a god of some kind every single day in India. I mean, when I was there, every day I w- we would land at a new you know, village and we would be told, this is the most auspicious day because this is the festival of flowers. And we'd be like really excited. Or this is the festival to the moon. Or this is the fa-. And then mm-hmm. we realized they celebrate. There's somebody celebrating every day. Now, what the government does to encourage celebrations is and to keep people employed because there's 1.5 billion people in India and just in the city of Delhi, 27 million. That's half the population of California <laughs> in one city. Anyway. Yeah, well, sometimes that just feels like Los Angeles when I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so in order to keep the people employed that only have certain skills, there are, there are these whole areas of artisans who their only job are to make clay statues for these festivals. And the statues are made of clay and straw, I should say. So they, they get the, the clay, they get the mud from the Ganges, they let it dry, they mix it with straw, they carve it into these gods and goddesses. Then they decorate the gods and goddess statues with all kinds of glitter and sparkles and cloth and all this. And then schools and temples and businesses, they all display them on their that particular day. And then they have like parades and then they go and throw them in the Ganges. <laughs> so the, the Ganges, the rivers and the canals are filled with all these icons. So it's kind of a never ending 
trash parade. I can't even yeah, explain. Yeah, hold on, but are the, are the doll, did you say, aren't they made out of the mud? They're made out of mud and straw. They mix mud and straw together, right? So are they biodegradable so then when they put them into the water? Is well, it sort of just you like you made this from the water and we're putting it back into it? That was my first thought too, except they decorate them. So they dress them in clothes and they put eyes on them oh. and they put they put all kinds of jewels, you know, like put fake jewels all over them and jewelry and just all kinds of stuff, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And then so I imagine that the clay probably dissolves back, but whatever it's mixed with, the straw and whatever keeps it together, that just floats. And then all the other stuff that the garments are made of and the crowns are made of and all of that so anyway it but it made me think oh, of well, I, say, I mean culturally it sounds beautiful what they do and again as an outsider looking in we can never truly you know we can't ever put any perspective because that isn't our own culture but from um, an environmental state you know, we also have to, you know, every time we point, it's looking right back at us. It, it also just shows of, of things that it sounds like there needs to be improvement over there, but as well as within our own country. Um, you know, we feel, because living in California, we, um, we you know, we, we whine and grow up about how we pay so many taxes and so many things, you know, for our gases and emissions. And you go to other states and things are less expensive. Um, that's and because they have uh, lighter laws and certain things don't exist. But at the same time, these things that are, you know, saving us money are also hurting our, our earth. So I, I think there's the, the big thing I know just as you even, uh, without even, uh, sometimes even thinking about it when you're saying about instead of giving, you know, a cut flower, which will die, of giving something you could plant. Like, that's what I always think about um, when it comes to stuff uh, that we use for these holiday times. Uh, for Christmas times, if you're celebrating, instead of getting a tree, if you get a tree, maybe get something that's in a pot of plants that eventually you could plant outside. And then right. it can become like your outside Charlie Brown tree. Or, you know, for, um, you know, for Halloween, plant, you know, maybe put some of your own pumpkins. And then afterwards, you can see it totally used this year. Though um, we didn't, our pumpkins didn't grow in yet. But we actually used with the pumpkin we did carve. We then, after the one day we used them, we smashed them up and then we cooked them and we ate them. And I felt like the circle had been completed. Yeah, um, you know, and yeah, I always tell the same thing with pumpkins: is that if you don't carve a pumpkin, you can spray paint it um, gold or or silver or whatever color, and then you can use it for your Hanukkah or your Christmas decorations, and then. Exactly. You can, as you said, you can cut it open, and you can um, you can either eat the flesh if you haven't, you know, if it hasn't rotted out. But you can always cook the seeds because pumpkin seeds are good for you. But Heather, let's just take a very quick break and let people okay. go to our websites, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about valentines and love and romance just a little bit more you're listening to cynthia bryan and heather Brittany. we're on star style be the star you are we're coming to you live this is our valentine's show we're saying calling cupid so stay with us and visit be the star you are.org during the break and make a donation in the name of your loved one be right back don't go away be the star you are change your world change your life VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are The star 
annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, Heather, Brittany, and I are having a Valentine's party here, and I was just saying off the air that... On Valentine's, I love a glass of port. And Heather w- Heather was telling me um, that at the winery where she is working, you're doing like some wine pairings that you can book too. So those are kind of fun things. People can do some fun um, kind of different kinds of things on Valentine's. Yeah, you know, it's something that's it's kind of funny of where, so for the winery, we're continuing it out, and Janice says you can find all different, it's, it's for every age, um, you know, it starts with the kids, actually side, one little fact I want to say before I transition to a, about adult Valentines, that the people, the occupation that receives the most uh, Valentines every year, and it might be by default because you got to give it to everyone, um, are teachers. Teachers, teachers right. Uh, cards every year. And right. you think about that because all the students and the parents and the people continuing on, but God bless those parents deserve it. Or excuse me, those teachers deserve it. But uh, yeah, so you know, something actually in my quest for Valentine's Day, I mean, it, what a time for a restaurant. It really, honestly, you think about why things are so commercialized, is it is a big economic boost. You think for small businesses, for restaurants, people want to go up, they want uh, to do something special for their person. Um, even if it's ordering in, there's even your Netflix, you know, the old Netflix, and so there's so many options. And today that kind of brings to different options. If you're thinking for someone who, um, I mean, gosh, there are so many places that are completely booked out, which is great for the restaurants, but maybe bad for you if you've had a last-minute thought. A great option, too, is kind of picking something of let's make a meal together. If you don't feel comfortable cooking, you can always order in. Or they have now so many of those HelloFresh and Blue Apron where essentially they send everything to you and just an instruction and you just kind of open, add, stir. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like having the Betty, Betty Crocker thing, but they're healthier ingredients. So that's And I like that idea life. that you're doing it together. I mean, that's something exactly. that's, that's sweet. You know, I think that's yes. a nice thing. Yeah, and, exactly. right. and, if, and if something, if you didn't know, and I mean, and this goes for any 
uh, you know, non doesn't matter, boy, girl, whatever you, whatever your love is, love. But today, I've loved receiving little cards and texts from friends. It, today, uh, February thirteenth is known as Galenstein Day, meaning like your gal pal day. So I oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. All of my Galentines today. Uh, so for people out there, you know, it give you love, but all you, your platonics friends out there, to all your girls is, um, you know, statistically, and it's, you know, I remember those times and things that there's always that kind of that, that pressure people feel that the time it's for couples and then feeling that kind of, of, oh, if I'm not, if I am not coupled up with someone, this day doesn't really apply to me. And that's just so not true. So, I, you know, it makes me think of those times, you know, people going, you know, the dances, the prompts to your friends. Remember that it isn't just about love, love. It's just, it's about the people. You don't have to be in love with them. It just means the people you love. So, um, think about all, you know, all your gal pals, all your guy pals, but, but, uh, Today is the official, unofficial Galentine's Day, and I've just been loving getting all that from all my girlfriends that just uh, made me want to just pass it on to everyone else, too. So, well, I'm going to be um, looking for one from little, you. Little I, I hope you're sending me one, because you're my gal pal. <laughs> I have to, <laughs> I have to see one of these. You know, uh, you were talking about teachers receiving the most Valentine's Day cards. And I do remember when I was a kid just loving giving my teacher one because, I mean, really and truly, when you think about it, who are some of the most important people in your lives besides your parents and your siblings? It is your teachers. And what um, in a statistic I was reading, it was said that children aged 6 to 10 exchange more than 650 million Valentine's cards with teachers, classmates, and family members. And the only yeah. sad part is, is if you're in a class and you don't get a Valentine. So I always liked it in classes where everybody had to give everybody a Valentine and say something nice. I think that's a good thing. I think that's, you know, sort of uh, one of the things behind uh, at Valentine's at school is that the expectation is that everyone is giving to everyone, that it isn't just a one singular thing. And I remember in high school, that's something they did that would make it one singular, but they had good reasons behind it is that um, they did things called the Rose Grams that on Valentine's Day, the choir, you know, you could basically, I forget, it was a dollar or two, but they went into the student funds and things. So it was a positive thing of paying it for, essentially going to a school charity in the way, charity being the school, um, for each grade, you know, things to advance. Um, but those little things that if it was going to go out, but it was a fun, it was a fun thing to get. So someone got, you know, a singing telegram with a rose delivered to them. And I thought that was really adorable. But I loved when I was a kid, as I, as I mentioned before, but just, it was really fun. That little party you had and making those and having all those little silly cars and getting, you know, that one piece of candy inside. So I was like, yes, this is the best. Um, it was just an overall, everyone is made to feel special in it. And I know, um, again, you know, there's mixed feelings about that because 
um, parents, again, there, there's costs that involved with that, and that, you know, parents feel, or also to, as we know, um, these things, you, you know, we talked about with these candies and things, and as myself right now, not having kids yet, but uh, having an amazing nieces, but having, as an adult, such different views towards candy, then I will say I have a terrible sweet tooth. But not as when I was a kid, I just think, man, I wish I never had tasted candy. Or you just think of, gosh, you don't want your kids to be having candy. And I know at certain schools they, um, instead of having, you know, when it was a kid's birthday, we used to, you know, bring in cupcakes, then now they do just like one day of the year that it's sort of like, okay, today is everybody's birthday. And, every, you know, we have like one just little party. Um, so that way it isn't just continuously, so it doesn't kind of set into the kid's mind of this reward system of really unhealthy items or that, you know, sugar and stuff is good. I understand the negative things towards that. Um, so it's, again, trying to find it's healthy, had this uh, happy balance within this, this new world of it. But the thing I always loved was just the receiving, the just that giving, that little silly note um, and the arts and crafts that went into it. It was just so fun as a kid. And, and the, the underlying thing is just to celebrate each other and to say, What about pets? Because about 3% of pet owners give pets valentines. And I know that when Be The Star You Are was doing this Christmas event, there were so many people that came with their dogs and and some other pets. And they just couldn't wait to have their dogs take pictures with Santa. So do you think that, uh, I mean, I I know the statistic is 3% of pet owners do give pets. A, a Valentine's gift, but uh, do you give your pet? Do you give your animals Valentines, or do you know people? Who yeah, do? there has there has been years that I have, but uh, I will say, Dulce miraculously every year somehow gives me hilarious cards. I don't know. I feel like her dad might have something to do with something it. to do with it. But, huh. um, I I had a statistic, and I I can't find that little piece of paper I had. But um, just as we know, the animal market, um, as in like the pet loving market, is a multi-billion dollar market. And not only do people purchase uh, gifts for their animals, they have their animals sending gifts to other people, they're in costumes, there are so many, you know, people can have a, you know, a a Valentine's dinner out with their pups kind of thing. Right. um, Yeah. Oh, I'm all for it. I love it. I think that's just fantastic <laughs> <laughs> well have you gotten already a funny um a, any funny like funny cards from dulce has she already gotten you things or yeah okay i only get one guy again and her dad's not home yet so i'll be getting that card tomorrow oh okay. what about yourself i mean how about things um you know what for be the star you are or what are your what are your valentine's plans this year well, I want to, this year it's going to be a bit quiet, I think. But as I said, um, it's always important to celebrate. So there I am, um, I am making a donation to Be the Star You Are, which I, I do this all the time because I, la- I think that's a very big love of mine. And I hope that it helps people. And um, we'll be making, I'm going to be cooking a special dinner. And then, you know, I have a couple of little small gifts and a couple of funny cards. And I think, I think that will, um, oh, and then we'll do that glass of port. <laughs> I think yes. that will 
I think that will, will probably um, that'll probably do it. I think. I think that'll that put Dofo in there, Temecula Valley. You should have. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that might be a good one to do. That's probably a very good one to do. <laughs> so, what about you? What is yours for tomorrow? Do you know? You know you the fix- day is going to be shaping out because, as I mentioned, with our fantastic winery, we're going to be doing uh, this whole weekend is quite the event. So, I will be doing many things there. Um, so tomorrow there's uh, kind of some stuff up in the air. I don't want to give away too many things, but it was amazing today uh, trying to book stuff of, uh, yeah, things for, again, the great boost of the economy that are quite sold out or booked yes. for all sorts of things. So it's becoming more of creating that home environment and adventure. Yeah, uh, what we're going to do, and equally, we are having all kinds of the outdoor adventures, as we do, we are having these crazy storms, too, which is amazing and awesome in one aspect because we've been in drought for many years, and uh, now to see that we have rain and snow and lots and lots of rain, uh, that the waters are definitely filling up, but, uh, um, but there is, again, this really beautiful smell and this great beauty to that, so it's kind of just... Uh, uh, taking lemons and turning lemonade into it. So we'll see what the day would right. unfold tomorrow. Right. Well, and in the storms for me, I love building a big fire. I always find that's very romantic if you have if you have mm-hmm. a fireplace, you know, so you can have your um, your romantic dinner in front of the fireplace or or if you don't have if you don't have a fireplace, you know, you can go on your computer and you can um, download a picture of a burning fireplace. And I have, I've actually stayed in hotels that do that. Well, that's our show for today, Heather. So I hope everyone will call Cupid and that Cupid will shine his arrow and um, with love on each of you and that you will have a lovely Valentine's Day no matter what. And if you're single, make sure to shower yourself with love. So Thank you so much for being great listeners and being here every Wednesday with me uh, from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. For more information about Star Style Productions or to book a consultation, visit CynthiaBryan.com. Again, consider making a donation to Be The Star You Are charity, BeTheStarYouAre.org. It'll keep these shows on the air, express yourself on the air, and all of our programs that we do outreach for youth, it'll keep us going. So until next week when we celebrate, again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Helen Brittany. And this is Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Call Cupid and share the love. We'll be together next Wednesday. Thanks for joining Heather and I. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, 
entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.